the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Nothing scares the world more than a strong believer. When you are confidently loving them, clear on who you are, clear on who he is, clear on what's right and what comes out of your mouth is prophetic. Nothing scares the world more than a confident, grounded believer. When it comes to our afflictions, as we have been noticing here for the last couple of programs, Psalm 41 gives us a brilliant insight into how we are to seek out God and for what purpose in the midst of afflictions. And the end of it all, as we are noticing today, it is our hope in Christ and our hope for His glory that sees us through any and all afflictions that come our way. It's a look at spiritual expectations from Psalm 41, verses 10 through 13. Today, on Way of Grace, here's Pastor Jesse. Here's how you know when you're under the truth of faithful preaching and falsehood that tells you lies. When you're under the truth, you receive. When you're under lies, they take from you. When it's over with, you're broker. You're more impoverished. You're more in debt. You're more a slave. Now you're trapped by their systems. It's a Ponzi scheme. Now you got to go back week after week after week in order to try to not to get out of debt. It's called false religion, legalism, works religion. And people are trapped by it all the time, are they not? See, the gospel always comes in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel to give men and women what they need in order to live their lives right. Am I making sense? Right. We don't ask you to come to take from you. I I could care less if you give me anything, give grace anything. Our job is to give to you. And if you don't reciprocate, that's between you and God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Watch this. This is why we don't have 20 minutes of worship around giving. We didn't talk about that before, right? Ain't no 20 minutes of playing music and everybody get to run around the church and people get to walk to the front and take out the check and, and wave it. See how much I'm giving? And put it in an offering. Our offering takes about three minutes and we don't even talk about it because it's not about taking from you. It's about giving you the grace of God and the promises that are in Christ so you can go away full, not empty, full. Full, not empty. And therefore, sub point number three, this grace will lead to his protection in time of trouble. Do you believe that? This grace will lead to the protection of the believer in time of trouble. I love this. I'm going to use this one uh, set of principles to launch us into our next thought. Job chapter 29, please. I'm going to read five or six verses in Job 29. Now, if anybody knew about suffering, it would have been Job. 
Now, I want to show you just to nail down my point that I'm trying to fix in an image to you about the importance of you being a practical, consistent giver across the board that you look for uh, in your life and you investigate, assess and determine in your life whether you are in the mode of receiving and being blessed by God or whether you're in a takeaway mode. Because Job now is going to uh, reflect upon the time when he was full of God's anointing. And he's going to use language that corresponds to the temple of God and how that the temple of God now is going to bear record to the world of the grace of God poured out. You're going to see a clear paradigm of Christ, but its application is to you and me. Here we go. Job chapter 29, please. We're going to be running through the verses there. Job 29, verse 1 through 3 first. Are we there? Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Old that I I were as in what? Months past. Now he's reflecting, right? Old that I were in months past as in the days, here it is, when God preserved me. When God, see I told you the elect are preserved, the non-elect are reserved. But God has sealed his elect with the Holy Ghost, secured the promises of God to us, and we need to learn how to walk in them. Job says, I remember the days when God had preserved me. What that meant was the anointing was on Job so full that he was powerful, that he was healthy, that he was wise, that he was prudent. He looked like Christ. Here it is. Verse two, verse two, verse three. When his candle shined upon my head. That's the metaphor of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the candle. It's the spirit of the Lord. When the candle of God shined upon Job's head, means that his mind was illuminated. He comprehended the glory of God. He was operating out of, out of a fullness of a revelation of God's glory. That's what I meant to us earlier. Are we thinking God's thoughts after him? Is the spirit of God operating in your mind to illuminate your mind, to show you God's will and God's work and God's ways when his candle shined on my head? And when by his light I walked in darkness. Woo! In other words, he was walking in a dark world, but there was light all around him. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Jesus is the light of the world. You and I are called to be lights of the world, a city set on a hill. That means that you and I are not moved by the darkness around us because in Goshen there's light. God made sure there was light in Israel when there were in Egypt, when there was obscure darkness so thick that you couldn't even see your hand. And I'm here to tell you, that's where we are in our world today. Our world is so dark today. But amongst obedient men and women in Christ whose eyes are fixed on the Savior, we have the light of the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Do we not? Stay with me now. Here's what Job says. As in the days of my youth, See, now he's using the metaphor of being born again, renewed as we learned this morning, to be quickened, to be in your youth, to be in that mode of power where you can do what God calls you to do. See, and this is, I've said it for years, God will use the young to get his work done because the old folk don't do anything but make excuses. This is why when you discover you actually have power in you now, Exhaust yourself serving God because once it's gone, the thrill is gone. The thrill is gone away. And all you're doing is singing the blues. I see it with people now. See, I'm on the tarmac. 
but God is still giving me a measure of grace. So I'm a model to the downline. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in my peers. I'm going to be honest with you because we tired. My peers are tired. They're just at the thought of doing anything more than Sunday church wears them out. Oh, Lord, I got to go to church twice a week. You can't accomplish anything for God with that kind of low ebb. You need an anointing. You need an anointing. You need God to quicken you, to restore you to your youthful days. And this is not chronological. This is not chronological. I'm not going to make that excuse. As I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God, who is the secret of God? Christ was upon my tabernacle. What is that? My body. When everybody could see that God walked with me and I walked with God and the revelation of Christ was my joy and my fellowship and my communion. And it wasn't only what came out of his mouth, it's what came out of his life. Now notice the next set of verses, verse 12 through 16. This is what Job said. Read the whole chapter. Amazing. But watch this. Because I delivered the what? Because I delivered the what? I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to what? Help him. See what I mean by giving? See what I mean by giving? David, I mean, Job immediately corresponds the anointing of the presence of Christ in the needs of the people. Verse 13. Watch it now. The blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me. In other words, he was obligated to meet the needs of the person that was ready to perish. God placed on Job the blessing of the one ready to perish. He's done that with you and I. With the gospel, he's done that. With himself, he's done that. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is what everybody needs. We have them. We have them. We should be in a place of giving. Here it is. Ready to perish came of mine. And I, and I caused the widow's heart to do what? Sing for joy. You know what the widow needed? Comfort. You know what the widow needed? Security. The widow needed assurance. She didn't necessarily need money. She needed to have comfort. She needed to have security. She needed to have assurance. She was already fixed trusting in the Lord. She just needed some, some men to flank her while she waited to go home. Am I making sense? The widow, the old widow, I'm talking to old widow, not the young one. Paul said, y'all get married again. I'm talking to old widow. I'm talking to old widow that didn't been there, done that with the brother, right? She didn't have a bunch of kids, got, had grandkids. She done with the marriage thing. That was cool. She now enjoying her husband on high. Am I making sense? Her husband on high. She really, because he's the best husband in the world. That other dude, he was okay, maybe. But now that he gone, she happy as a lark. She just needs some young brothers to flank her when she go up the stairs. Flank her when she goes to the store. Flank her when she lays down. Pray for her. Encourage her like I did with Miss Jackson. I told you on Friday, 102 years old, going to be 103 next month. She was so glad to see her pastor. She edified me more than I edified her. She edified me more than I edified her because she was so deeply in Christ. When I went in her room, she was laying up against her radio. 102 years old. Guess what she was listening to? She was listening to that old school Christian music. That show enough good stuff, right? On her left side, she was listening to. On her right side, she had a big old King James Bible open with all kind of marks. That, that lady been fighting wars for 100 years. 100 years. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm going in there because she's getting ready to cross over and I'm going to have to bless her and watch her cross over. She, she, she rose up in her strength and started blessing me 
something special. You keep preaching, young man. God didn't call you to preach. You're helping people, boy. You're helping people. That's what she said to me. You're helping people, boy. I'm like, look at you. I said, when I'm with Miss Jackson, ain't going nowhere for the next 10 years. <laughs> and what Job is talking about is a season when we can be like Christ, operating in our strength. Y'all get that? And that season is going to go away. Verse 15, uh, verse 14, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. All this is clearly redemptive language of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is that right? Clear language of how you are strengthened by Jesus in his righteousness and his glory to help people. Verse 15, I was eye to the blind and feet was I to the lame. Verse 16, here it is. I was a father to the poor. There it is again. And the cause which I knew not, I did what? Searched it out. Because I care about people being blessed by the blessings of God. Young people, old people, middle-aged people, anybody that is in need, we want to be able to facilitate them by showing them that Christ is all your sufficiency. Am I making sense? That Christ can meet you there. Christ can see you through that. Christ can bring you out on the other side if you will believe him in all of his offices as our Savior. And that's your job, and, your, and that's my job in this context of the poor. Now, let's go to point two. Let's go to point two, because we got the table to look at, and I'm going to see if I can get through this fairly quick. Psalm 42, I want you to get this, because David is about to turn a corner. This is where I empathize with David a lot, under point number two. And I want us to grasp, this is what I call a request in our present condition. The integrity of the believer in his what? I'm not going to be here long either because we already been taught about the blessed benefits, the blessed, blessed benefits that when you are in trouble, you make sure you open your mouth wide and tell God everything. Do you hear me? Now watch what David does. I need to text up, please. Watch what David does. Verse, verse uh, three, verse four and five. David, after he acknowledged the Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing, you will make all his bed in his sickness. He said, I said, Lord, do what? Be merciful to me and do what? Heal my soul. Why? For I have sinned against you. See, now I was talking to a dear brother last night who made his way back home. You know how we get way out there? You get out there because of you. You get back home because of him. You get out there because of you. You get back home because of him. He's the good shepherd that comes after his sheep. When they decide the still waters, it's just too peaceful. You know how some of us just like the cloud, right? So you, you walk in by the still waters because the Holy Ghost is only leading you by the still waters. And then you get agitated. You get the itch. Now you want to climb onto the fence and run, right? And then you get out there and you look around and you realize ain't no sheep food out here nowhere. <laughs> but you lost now. You lost now. And the good shepherd has to leave the 99 in the wilderness and come get your raggedy tail, pick you up, put you on his shoulders, and bring you back home. Is that right? And, and you're so happy when you get here, you open your mouth wide and say, hey, I messed up. I messed up bad. I ain't going to even lie to you, man. I messed up. And I said, see, now that's the grace of God working. That's the grace of God working. Because God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. The first thing David does in Psalm 41 is say, Lord, I've sinned against you. I, talking to people who are really in straits, the first thing I say, okay, let's talk about where you're messing up at. 
All right, don't, don't come to me talking about the, the symptoms. Let's get at the cause. Because your symptoms ain't going to go nowhere while you don't deal with the root cause. If you're not ready to confess and, and open up, this is confidential. I'm a pastor. We deal with it that way. If you're not ready to open up, then I know you're not ready to be healed. You just want to fit. And I used to sell dope. Now I'm selling the gospel. I'm selling healing now. I don't sell dope no more. I ain't going to just give you a fix. Now I'm going to give you some healing. You're going to get healed on this one. If you want healing. Now, if you don't want healing, go see other one of those other, what Job calls miserable counselors. The folks that the woman with the issue of blood, she already exhausted her resources with them and said, you know what? I'm going to Christ. By the time you come to counsel, you better be ready for the word of God. Because no pastor or elder needs to waste their time with you wanting to simply play games around your symptoms and not your cause. You can go read books. You can go online. You can stay up all night long and the psychologist will give you all kind of dope. But when you really want to be healed, all you have to do is confess your sins. And he is just and faithful to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And when you learn how to go to him, you won't be going to the elders that much. Because you enjoy, you enjoy, to, you, you, you know that when you do what the psalmist says, this is Psalm 81 around verse 11, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. By the time you open your mouth, God pours the medicine in. He's healing you while you're confessing. Isn't that right? He's healing you while you're confessing. That's what David is doing. Watch this. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul for I have sinned. Now watch this. Verse five. Watch this. My enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? Pull up point number two. I want to show you something quickly here that is important for you to grasp. When we are in our weakness, we are more conscious of two things, our sins and our enemies. And I'm going to show you this, how this principle works now. For this was true of David and it was true of Christ. And it's true of all God's people. When you are a true believer in Christ, when you're a true believer in Christ and you're owned by God and his name is in your forehead, the world loves it when you are sick. The world loves it when you are down. The world loves it when you are poverty stricken and in a place of vulnerability. They love it because this is the moment they can seize on you. Nothing scares the world more than a strong believer. Nothing scares your uh, schoolmates or your teachers or your colleagues when you are walking in the anointing, when you are confidently loving them, clear on who you are, clear on who he is, clear on what's right and what comes out of your mouth is prophetic. Nothing scares the world more than a confident, grounded believer. Am I making sense? But nothing rejoices them more than when you are a flickering candle that they think all they have to do is exercise one move and they can blow that candle out. This is where David is. I'm not going to stay long on this one, but I want you to comprehend it. The integrity of the believer and his weakness. Confession leads to what? Healing. Confession leads to what? Confession leads to what? Right, because if you don't believe it, you won't do it and you won't experience it. David knew it. He had actually already declared his healing in verse 3 and then he confessed in verse 4 and 5. Subpoint B, it is also a what? Proactive strike against condemnation. Ooh, I love this. Somebody get ready. You're going to be blessed right here. Now, when you are weak and vulnerable 
and you can't extricate yourself or move yourself away from your adversaries, you got to just deal with them. The best thing for you to do is fess up to God so that God can insulate you because you're getting ready to be vomited on. You're getting ready to be spit on. You're getting ready to be mocked and ridiculed. You're getting ready to be cast down. You're getting ready to be insulted. You're getting ready to be, you're getting ready to be tested by people who can't help but doing what they do because they're snakes. Did you hear what I just stated? Right? And you're getting ready to learn something about yourself so you can be, you can be ready to be, Lord, am I a snake? You can pray about that because you can call yourself a Christian, but you can actually be a snake. Now, here's how you know you're a snake. Are you ready? When people are cast down, you want to kick them. When people are down, you, you feel empowered. When people are down, you feel now invincible. When people are down, you take on a Superman mentality. When people are down, you feel like God called you up to be the judge. Oh, I got the calling. I'm the judge. Let me go see this case over here. What's wrong with you? And now you're on top of them. Hovering over them as a judge. And you actually feel good. Your ego is inflated. You have a sense of righteousness or wholeness or integrity. It's false. But that's what you're operating out of because you feel better than that miserable jerk that, that's now in a poverty-stricken state. Am I making some sense? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So right now, David is down. As all of us will be down from time to time. As Job was down, and Job plainly said it, you are miserable counselors. You're not helping me. You haven't told me any right thing. Everything you said, I know. Like, all you are is an empty, hollow shell running off at them. In fact, Lord, they're making me even more miserable. Where my friends at, Lord? That's what Job said. Where my friends at? Because these dudes ain't my friend. I had friends. When my friends came along, they sat with me. When my friends came along, they mourned with me. When my friends came along, they grieved with me. But these guys in front of me are my enemies. Because now they have risen up in self-righteousness accusatory attitudes, finding everything wrong they perceive to be the reason why I'm down. And the the matter is still with me. They have not given me clarity. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Bunch of snakes. Bunch of snakes. Point number three. Point number three, brother. We're on point number three. The integrity of patience among the what? Is that a good way to put this? Look at verse 6 through 9. I want to show you the integrity of the believer among the hypocrites. I might end up stopping here. Here it is. He says over in verse 5, My enemies speak evil of me when, he sh- when shall he die? And his name what? Woo, is that bad or what? My enemies speak evil of me saying, When shall he die and his name perish? Now, will y'all hear me for a moment? Whoever these people are hovering around him, and they're hovering around him. Can I tell you why? He can hear them. Now, here's one of the other problems with being vulnerable, spiritually sick. You hear your enemy's voices more than you hear God's. Right. When you are spiritually afflicted, 
You can, bear, you can barely hear God. The promises of God are not rising up as bulwarks and as shelters from the storm. The enemy knows that when you're down, you're more susceptible to hear his voice. That's why he shoots his arrows at you. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, for directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.